Welcome to the Key and Mang audio experience where you're here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang audio experience. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang audio experience. I'm your host, Mang. As I always, join my fellow co-host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Can't complain. Yeah, you? You yeah, trying to take my words now? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you you big chilling before you go on vacay, so I'm I'm all about it. Um, today is part three of our recap series, episodes eleven through fifteen. Um, we're gonna start with episode eleven. What can exposure do for you? And from this episode, I had two big takeaways. First one is don't close the door to possibilities and perspectives. You never know who or what opportunity might come your way. I think I've mentioned this before of being ready for, having your mind ready for the opportunities that are gonna come your way. And you just gotta be ready to accept them and at least give them a chance to to see if that's the path you're supposed to take. But you never know if you're closed off to it, you never know uh, what opportunities are gonna come and you never know where it might lead if you don't give it a chance. So that was my first takeaway. And <clears throat> number two is you never know. I, I think it's just a, a expansion of that, but you don't know that one person that could change your life just because you allowed them to come in and like with this or with um, being in the mentorship with Javi, then this doesn't happen. Then the future of this podcast doesn't happen. I don't meet you, Key. So I, I think just by having that one, being open to that one um opportunity it opened up a whole lot of doors and possibilities of what the future can bring so that's was my takeaway from that episode yeah I pretty much had the same takeaway something I thought about was I thought we talk about exposure a lot and what exposure does is, is it just opens your eyes up to what's possible out there and I feel like certain times you may have to get uncomfortable, do things that you're not used to doing in order to put yourself in that spot in order to meet that person that can like kind of change things for you. Um, so you don't want to be closed off, but you also have to be prepared to be a little uncomfortable or do something that you're not used to doing. Um, so that's a big part of exposure. That was my only takeaway from, well, there's a lot of takeaways, but I wanted to like briefly um, like dumb it down and just be as concise as possible. So people we're not talking about exposure over and over and over again so that was my main takeaway <laughs> for, for sure <laughs> so if you don't have anything for exposure anything else we can jump into episode 12 the three c's by tyler with tyler so my main takeaway from this was being curious i feel like we talked a lot about feedback making feedback groups and reflecting that helps with your um growth but another thing that helps with growth is being curious so always asking why i'm asking questions and that really fosters a positive learning environment for yourself to um, continue to grow and um, become better at your craft and just be more aware about what's going on in your life things that are going well things that aren't going well and just continue to hone in on like what's going to elicit you to grow to different levels so that was my main takeaway from three c's but i also have something to say but i want you to say your takeaway and then we'll bounce back and forth 
I was going to ask you a question first no. before going into mine. Uh, what are you curious about now in terms of just like any, anything in general? Like what are the things that you're curious about, you're asking why about? I'm curious now about more so like different clients I have, kind of what motivates them. I feel like on online training, it's hard to kind of tell what motivates somebody. Like I feel like in the beginning, they start very strong and they kind of like, they're still doing the program and stuff, but I feel like the communication gets a little less. So I'm curious as to if they're like content with the program or if they're like falling through the cracks. So I'm like being more curious about how to gauge that and ask the right question so that I can deliver the best service for them. That's been my main thing right now. And have you found stuff that works in regards to those different scenarios? Like, are there certain questions that you find yourself asking more or it's kind of just a case by case depending on the situation? I think it's case by case, but I've been asking, I do weekly check-ins, but I've been asking them like week to week if there's anything they want to change about their workouts, anything they're not liking, anything I can do better. And they're all saying that they're fine. So I think some people are just okay with, like going through their own stuff. And then if they need me, I'm there. I just think that, I don't know. I just think that because they're not saying anything, they're like ghosting me or something. I don't know. But that's the question I asked and it's been working, but that's what I've been curious about. Like trying to refine things so that people don't fall through the cracks. For sure. Uh, I feel like if you open up that possibility for that question of what can I do better? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, I think that gives people an opportunity to give feedback and feel like it's a safe environment to give that feedback. And I think you'd be open to, to hearing whatever they have to say, cause you want to be the best for that individual client that you can. So I like, okay. I like that. I was just curious though. What about you? Um, which part? What have you been curious about lately? Um, I've been curious about higher level movement and like trying to trying to get better at analyzing movements at higher speeds whether it's getting out of cuts whether it's jumping mechanics um trying to uh, rehab myself my Achilles have been bothering me so trying to figure out the best way to make sure my Achilles heals while also trying to get ready for fall leagues and summer leagues coming up for for basketball so those have been the two two of the big things and I'm really into budgeting right now and making sure my money's going the right places um so those are probably the three things that I've been curious about the most that's not PT that's not uh directly related to my patients or clients yeah that's cool and I think it's, it's cool to be going through like the rehab process yourself I think you can learn a lot from that and seeing what works. So there's like a lot of things that I do with my patients that I that I haven't done for myself in a while, or I'll program certain exercises that I've done individually, but I've never done them like in a session back to back. And when I do them, I'm like, damn, this is hard. But like, mm-hmm. oh, that was pretty easy. So I think it gives you insight into what you're putting your clients through or your patients through. Yeah, I, I tell people to ease themselves into back into their activities, unless it's like some like straight up post-op or something like you you just can't go back um so last Monday I tried to I was just shooting around I tried to play and it was it was a no-go I tried to my for me my friend was shooting and he had a miss and I ran to chase it and I was like I cannot run right now 
And then on Tuesday, I was like, I need to take this like seriously and like go after it every day. And just try and like rehab, rehab, rehab while I'm out. So while I'm at work, I'll be stretching. While I'm on the computer writing notes, I'll be doing uh, calf raises and stuff. Like <laughs> I just be trying to get it in. However, and then Wednesday, we went to the gym to lift. And then um, I was just going to go shoot around again and try to do the same thing that I did. And then the gym is full. So it's a half court gym. And they were like, you guys want to play threes? And I was like, well, shit. I said I wasn't going to play. But I can test it and see where I'm at. And it, it held up, but I still felt it with little movement. So now I have an idea of what I can do and how to gradually load it some more in the positions that are painful. So it was, it was, it was good to see that and kind of be on the other side of not being a therapist, but being the patient and trying to take your own advice because sometimes that's hard. Yeah, sometimes a lot of times we're the worst patients. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can go. Uh, I was gonna no. Go ahead because I was gonna go back to this these takeaways. So go ahead. I was gonna talk about another one of my takeaways. Go ahead. Okay, so I think Tyler talked about setting the tone for the type of culture you want in your clinic. Yeah. I mean, not clinic, in like your environment, wherever it is. And I think that's very important because if you don't do that, people come in and they don't take things seriously or they don't have the right attitude. And I think it's great when you when you kind of set the tone and let people know what you are and are not going to deal with so that they kind of know from jump and then you can keep things consistent going forward. And then I think that goes into my next point with um, having your price point and sticking to it because I think once you start budgeting on your price point, people don't take it as seriously if they do get the discount. And um, I don't know where I was going with this one. Oh, it attracts the wrong people. Sorry. It attracts the wrong people. So you want to work with a certain type of person that's going to be serious about what you're doing and serious about getting results. And if they're complaining about the investment, then they're probably not the right person for you to be working with. And I think you need to kind of stand your ground and stick to your price because you know the value you provide and you know that you're getting them results. They just need to invest at that point. Especially as an entrepreneur, when you, I'm going to go off of both of those points. I got some questions for you, but for the culture point, especially if it's your brand, you're like your name's on the brand. Mm-hmm. Like you want to have a good service and you want people to know you as whatever you want your brand to be known as, whether that's the place to train at, uplifting, you get your results and you you perform, you deliver, all that stuff. You want that to be known as for whatever your brand or business is. And if the culture is not right in there, then that brand name is going to be, um, it's going to be, yeah, tainted, altered. And then you don't attract the type of people that you're trying to get into your, into your business and trying to work with. So yeah, make sure your brand is on point because your name is what people are going to know you as. And then to your second point, I agree, like don't budge on your prices, but I do have a, want to play devil's advocate again. Um, if let's say, let's say like in Tyler's case, I probably should have asked him this on the, on the pod to see what his thoughts were. But if, let's say for you, for, for you, if you had someone that really wanted to work with you, but could not financially, like they have exhausted all their money options, all their money's gone to rent and food, and they have no extra money to spare. 
would you not work and but you know that they're committed and want to work with you and will show up every day and do what they're supposed to do what would you do in that case if they cannot afford your prices i would ask them what they can afford and what if they can't afford anything i don't believe that I, it depends. I can't say I don't believe it, but <laughs> I think it really, I think it really depends. I think if you were to tell me that you can't afford anything, then I don't know what I would say, because I think once, as soon as you give things away for free, you end up, as a provider, you end up putting more into it than other people. Yeah, well, so I'm I, saying. So I would think, I would like tell them, depending on what it is, if it's like training, then I might help them out with like writing them a program, but as far as the in-person sessions and like getting my time on a consistent basis, I don't know how willing I would be to do that at this point. Because I think there are a lot of resources out there to the point where if you cannot afford it, there are plenty of free resources that you can make some progress with. It doesn't have to be me. What if they wanna work with you? I don't know. I have free stuff though. Like, so for example, somebody on, on Facebook wrote me and was asking me questions about like getting into lifting and dieting and stuff. And I answered her questions. She was like, well, do you have like a workout guide that I could follow for a month? And I was like, I have plenty of free resources in my Facebook group and I can add you to it. Let me know if you have questions. But I think the free resources that I give are there for that reason. And if you want like more individualized care, then that's where the price comes in. But if you if you no, want me to I, give like free, um, I know I know you're just playing devil's advocate, but if I don't, I can't see myself at this point doing like free one-on-one -on -one stuff just because my time is very limited and it's a lot that goes into it. All right, that's valid. So let's say you're established and money is no longer a problem. Does that situation change for you? If the person is committed, you know the person's committed and they really cannot afford anything because of their situation. Yeah, maybe, but for how long are you not gonna be able to afford it? Well, I think by being I feel around, like that's like a slippery slope. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But I, I'm I'm thinking that as they get into your world then you start to like introduce them to other ways that they can start to take care of themselves and not be as dependent on you. But you just give them the Tools. head start that they need yeah i think i would do that but i, I also low-key feel like i'm pretty jaded when it comes to this because i've helped so many people for free and they don't do it or they just don't take it seriously or like i don't know or i've seen people tell me oh i don't have xyz but then go and work with a stranger which is understandable because I realize that people don't know you are more willing, people that know you are more willing to pay somebody else for the same service, service than you. I don't know what the psychology mm -hmm. is behind it, but like I'm pretty jaded when it comes to that. So I'm really big on if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So I feel like when people aren't paying for services, they tend to have it. It's just that they don't want to, they don't want to give it to you because they feel like because they know you or something that it shouldn't be that way. I don't know. Yeah, but no. I, I am pretty jaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I that I hear you on. I the caveat was that they were committed to whatever you were gonna bring to the table. Like I get that if people if you tell me somebody something and they don't deliver or they don't do what you say that that you told them to do, then that's a different story. That's a different story completely. 
Yeah, so I think I will work with somebody like that. But at this at this point, I don't think so just because like my time is limited and I don't think that I should be doing that at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. What about you? Um, I think, see, I don't have a service like you have yet. So I think I would be more willing to do that because I want to try some stuff out. More of a selfish reason for myself and see how I can refine certain things to make sure that it's on point. And then as that becomes better and that process becomes better and that framework becomes better, then I'll bring the, the person who, people who let me work with them, I like, I'll continue to bring them on and then start to charge more because I know it works. And it's been yeah. trialed and tested and uh, all, uh, you know, everything's been, you know, trial to see what works best and what's going to get the best results and all that kind of stuff so i think for that i would i have a question i have more what's up do you think that you should be completely free when you're trying things out or should you try something i don't see a problem with it starting out early but i do think if it continues for a long time then you're not doing yourself or the people that you're trying to help any favors. Like if I, if I give you something that, something that I don't know if it works yet and I charge you for it and it doesn't deliver what it's supposed to deliver, then that's not good on me. It's not good for you. Like I think it's a lose-lose both sides. So let me try, let me make sure this thing works and let me make sure I can deliver the best service and then I'm finna charge. Another question. So if you're giving like PT services for somebody like privately, mm -hmm. wouldn't you think it's going to work even though it's not like through like your nine to five? Yeah, I would, but that's different though. I'm talking, I'm not talking about like PT services. I was talking more stuff like performance stuff. Okay. okay but okay. if, yeah, PT services like I went for school. I went to school for this stuff. Like you know what I mean. Exactly. Like, that's that what I was saying. I, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Your takeaways? Uh, my takeaways from this episode. I had one when he was talking about the two years it took to to build his gym, and how he sacrificed eating out, how he sacrificed really spending money on anything that was not going to get him closer to his goal. And it had me think about what's important to you and what, what are you trying to chase? Because if it's really important to you, you will do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to make sure that that thing gets accomplished so that you can have what you want. So he was talking about, he had two years in during COVID to our pre-COVID and then during COVID to really open the gym. And so he cut everything off and got into books and got into podcast on how to open gyms how to run a business and then ended up happening and now it's just kind of increased increase increase and now he's just continues to climb up the hill because of that early sacrifice so that was really the big thing for me set your eyes on what you want figure out how to go get it and then go get it yeah i agree i do think it takes it definitely takes some level of sacrifice to get to your goal i think it's interesting how you see a lot of people who, like Tiger's running, like they put like two years of like extreme sacrifice to get to their goal. Then you have people that are like sacrificing certain things and then still get to their goal. I think it's pretty cool. Like, I feel like I, I don't think I could ever be to that extreme on the, on the end. 
I think I'm more so in the middle. <laughs> Probably take me a little longer to get to where I want to go, but um, I think it's cool. Yeah, no, I, I think um that episode resonated with me because I think that's what I'm doing right now with this budgeting. I've like now I'm thinking about trying to get my way out of Alaska and go back to the states. So it's how much money do I have to save up? What can I cut back on? What's going to help me get there sooner and be sure that I'm straight? Like I'm not struggling while I, when I decide to move. So that's been, I think that's uh, that's my next thing that I'm trying to accomplish. And Tyler's episode really had me thinking about that and just the commitment it's going to take for the short term to be able to build for the long-term success or long-term future. I like it. Um, moving to episode 13. Are you good with uh, Tyler's? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, moving to episode 13, using your past experiences to shape your future with Eric Lagoy. I like this episode. I never met him before. And I know you talked about, he was your CI. So y'all had that relationship already built. But I really liked how hearing about how he just put in the work, <laughs> kind of like we just talked about, getting his name out there. Um, he talked about how he earned his caseload and he's built his reputation from hosting those free screenings at the at the training place. And now people know him as the guy to go to for, for PT or strength training. But it really starts with long hours and knowing your stuff and knowing what you want and then creating it and then, um, not being afraid to push back. He talked about how the younger students are like pushing back on some of the older, the older teachers about like what they want to learn and a little chaos is, is okay. A little, a little conflict is okay. I think it helps build, you know, resilience and helps create change. So if, uh, I think, uh, those were some of my takeaways from, from that episode. Yeah, I definitely think a little chaos is okay, um, especially in our field. I just think it, it depends on like, <laughs> to what extent. Hope is not like social media chaos, but I do think I do think that a little chaos is okay. Like a little controversy is okay. Mm-hmm. His episode reminded me of something Katie said, or what we talked about with Katie on episode ten. Market yourself until you don't have to anymore. I think that comes from putting like the reps in over and over again and then like people know that you know your shit and then they just start coming to you because when I was working with Eric he was getting like a ton of like he works in hospital-based system he was getting a ton of like direct access and I thought that was pretty cool and I'm Mm -hmm. like how'd you do that he was like I just got my name out there by doing xyz and I'm like that's pretty cool but I think it takes a certain level of dedication to do that because you're not seeing the results right away like you probably are in a PT um, setting for about five six years until you like, kind of get that reputation um so that was pretty cool to see and witness firsthand I mean I thought it reminded me a lot about Katie because she said that she had to do that to build up her cash pay clientele and then now like they're like a household name in Miami so it's pretty cool to see how like two different people kind of did the same thing and then they're still on kind of different paths but still I'm um, chasing the same goal yeah, and I think the the secrets to success or the blueprint success are very similar, and you can adapt it to your situation. But the principles or the um, the checkpoints are pre- are pretty much the same. 
Right. I think we talked about that on, on another episode. I think it was Josh, but that's that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Um that okay. was all I had for episode thirteen, if you didn't have anything okay. else. Um episode fourteen, Casey, it's not about you. So Casey was cool. I like talking to Casey. Um, but main thing, <laughs> the main thing that I took away was really put yourself out there, especially when it comes to social media and like doing lives. You're probably gonna be all in your head thinking you look crazy, wondering what people are gonna think about you when you're going live. Um, but as long as you do that consistency, you're gonna get better. Like that's just natural. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Um, so just get out of your head. Nobody really cares about you as much as you think you do, as much as you think they do. So that was a main thing that I took away, especially listening to it again, because now I've been going live on my Facebook group and like the first like four or five times I went live, I was literally on there talking to myself. But then I had people who rewatched it and was commenting. And then so that helped people watch it at a later date. So just getting out of my head and doing that live, it helps. So now that when I go live in my Facebook group, I have like four or five people watching the whole time. So that's pretty cool. It's a little bit of people, but. It's better than not seeing any number there. So um, yeah. that reminded me of what Casey said. It's not about you. And knowing what you're bringing to the table and how you can help someone. So when you're going to a, like to get a job, you're always thinking of how can they help me or how much they're going to pay me. But also you have to think about what you're bringing to the table and how you can assist them. Because at the end of the day, it is a transactional relationship. Um, they are looking to profit off of you, but you're also looking to get something from them. So knowing what you're bringing to the table can help you really narrow down where you want to work and what you're willing to do or not do and what's expected of you at that job. Yeah, I think those are great points to, to bring up. Um, just to, to add on to that, I think it's cool that you have kind of applied the same principles of just showing up and obviously you want your groups to go from zero to a thousand views in a day or but it starts with zero to one and then one to two and then two to four and soon it's going to be four to ten and then it's going to be popping so as long as you continue to keep showing up every day I think you'll attract the people that you want in your groups and it'll continue to grow that way so kudos um <laughs> yeah and then um I think you you hit a lot of the main points from Casey's episode. The other thing that stood out to me is it's up to us whether our job gets snatched. Um, he was talking about robots or assistive technology coming in to do our jobs and how it's up to, we have to be the first people that come to mind. Otherwise the assistive technology is gonna take over take our jobs. And it's really on us to show that the value that we provide. And I think we're gonna hit this on the next re episode recap we do, but about communicating and selling what we do and what we offer as a as a profession and how we can help the person in front of us and robots are cool to make they might be a little more efficient but they can't talk to you they can't empathize with you they can't do what we do as as human beings they can't connect with you on a human level so it's up to us whether our job gets snatched so we just gotta make sure our jobs don't get this. so <laughs> So make sure you show on the value that you provide to every person that you're working with. Yeah, just telling people what we do. I feel like the issue is that nobody, well, people know, but a lot of people don't know what PTs do. So the longer we stay quiet about what we do and not talk about the, the value we can provide, the easier it is going to be for 
other companies or like insurance companies to throw stuff out there in the general population. It's like, oh, why would I go to PT if I could just have a robot do it for me? So mm-hmm. the longer we stay quiet about it, the longer we're gonna stay at the level we're at now, which we don't want. And that's something that's easy to pretty easy to control. <laughs> like you can determine how much you want to put yourself out there. You can determine how you communicate with your the people you're working with. You can determine how you um, decide how your um, how your outputs are when you um, are working with somebody. You can determine the results kind of based on what you're what you're giving the person. So a lot of it's in your hands to to take up and and run with it. Yep. I'll go with I'll go with that episode. Okay. Uh, episode 15, the last one for this, for this one. Uh, is your money mindset holding you back with Justice Googie? Uh, the first thing I took um, from this episode is starting with your mind and breaking the perceptions that you believed about money. Um, for me, I think that was an important part because, you know, where my, more like I'm not, my family doesn't come from here. So we have this little a different view on money and kind of just making money to, survive and and you know whatever money you have left over is getting sent back to Gambia or the homeland to help the the family with like land or development or building stuff or making sure that they're good so um just understanding that um you know that's how I was raised with about money and now understanding that you know the more that you can help people the more money that you can make and the more money that you can make doesn't mean that you can make better decisions in terms of where that money goes and how you're helping people so if time with your family is what's most important to you now you ain't working 16 hours a day just to make ends meet but you can work a couple hours if you choose to you can help a lot of people and then the rest of your time is with your family or doing whatever is important to you so I I think that was a good point for um that was something that came to my mind when uh listening to this episode (laughs) <laughs> and then can you articulate the price of what happens if they don't work with you so he talked about if you don't get into pt school what are you losing out on you're losing out on a year of potential salary um you're losing out you're, you're gaining more anxiety you're gaining more pressure from your family you're gaining more pressure from the people around you you're just delaying what could be happening by by not getting the help that they provide at PPT grind is in the example that they use. So as if you're able as a business owner to articulate the price of what happens if they don't work with you, that that's a major key. Um, and then last thing, last couple of things, being super calculated with working and spending time with his family. So he knew when he was getting married and when their timeline for kids were, and he was like, I need a plan to have as much time as I can with them and doing the things that I and making sure I can be there for everything. So he was on top of that from jump and just started to just started to make plans uh, that way. And then lastly, simplify your communication. Uh, we get taught how to speak in very big words and people don't understand those big words. So if you're able to speak at a fifth grade, third grade level, the easier you can speak, the more people that, that are going to understand what you're saying, understand what you can provide. So you have the opportunity to help more people. So those are the four takeaways that I took from that episode. Yeah, those are, those are great points. 
starting with the first one you said, the breaking the mindsets about money. I think if you don't break those mindsets, those views about money, you're going to be limited on how much money you can make. Because that brings me to think about that question that I posted on my story about the, how many hours would you work to make $300,000? Yeah. If you were like 100 hours or like 70 hours or 80 hours, and I'm like, nobody is putting in that time to make $300,000. It's more so the time that leads up to that, all the preparation work, all of the sacrifice that you put in, and then you have a product or service that just sells endlessly at that point. So you're not even putting in those hours. But I think if you have the wrong mindset about money, you would think you have to work a certain amount of hours to make that money when your income shouldn't be tied to the amount of time you put into something a week. Um, so that was cool. That's, that's something that just came to my mind when you were saying that. Um, and then also when it comes to telling people the cost of what happens if they don't work with you, people buy off of like how you make them feel, convenient, time, and out of fear. So if you can hit on those points, you can easily sell whatever you want to sell. You just have to know how to tell people the cost of their inaction. And once you know that down, your marketing should pretty much be on point. So I like that too. Um, and then in PT school, we learned all these big terms. And then when we go in the clinic, we use those same terms as if we're talking to like our professor or talking to another student when the patient doesn't really know what we're talking about. So I do think in our curriculum, we should have a communication class, like for like a whole semester and how to break down these pathologies or certain things we need to tell patients in a way that they can understand. And then I think that'll make PTs not be at this like hierarchy. Not that we are like a hierarchy, but it wouldn't be like where the patient's level is here and then the, our level is here. It'll make us on like the same ground. And I think that'll help people be more aware about how we can help them. So if you're just talking to them in like medical terms, they're gonna be like, what the hell are you saying? Like, why do I mm -hmm. need that? So I and think, I, but. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say like simplifying communication can help with raising the awareness of our profession. I, I agree with that. I think what you propose is a good idea. And I'm thinking that the reason why it's taught that way is because those are the words you're going to see on the board exam and pretty much every school's objective is to make sure all their students pass the MPTE. And so they have to be ready for that kind of language. And I think it's extra time that would have to be spent to have a communication class on, on you know, simplifying difficult pathologies or anything that's anything of that sort. And I think it's very important. I just think it's not the angle of most schools. Like maybe there's professors or like that want that goal as a goal, but as an overall school, schools just want to know that people are going to come into their program, pass the license exam, and then go out so they can bring the next group of students in. So I, I agree with you, but that that's what the, that's what came to my mind when I was when you said that. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think that'll help us head in the right direction and changing mm. the MPT, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, that is, that's, yeah. <laughs> but that's where like, things like Level Up come in and CalU and those kind of groups that if you are able to find those kind of communities that they really foster those kind of conversations and stuff you might not get in school. I agree. Anything else for that episode? 
No, nah, that's all I got. So that was episode recap 11 to 15. Comment below your takeaways from these episodes and we're looking forward to hearing from, from you guys. And so those are some of our takeaways, but we want to hear from you guys and what you guys think of the episodes. What can we do better? What can we improve on? What do you guys think is going well? We'd love to hear all that feedback and we'll work on implementing it into the future episodes. So we'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the KMAG Audio Experience. Make sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode.